Welcome back to another edition of CRE Power Hour. We're again joined with Tony Torres, founder of Core 13 Capital. Tony, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you so much, George, for having me here, man. It's always great to see you. All right. Well, here's our uh, traditional lineup, Tony and I. So I I'll forgo the welcome to the show because this is our show together. And uh, let's just say... Uh, jump right into we're here today to talk about build to rent uh tony tell us what is build to rent and how does it differ from a more traditional build to sell model yeah absolutely so build to rent is it's not a new concept uh there's this notion that it's been going around and it's it's brand new but it's just a it is horizontal multifamily so think of it like that it is we're creating a subdivision that is geared towards renters we're creating an asset that is still a commercial asset that is geared towards single family homes built for renters. So that is at its simplest form, what we're doing. The, the homes that we typically see in build to sell uh, are typically bigger square footage. They are more custom build that we see from the bigger box players like DR Horton, Mungo Homes, Ryan Homes. We are not building homes like that. We are building homes that are obviously single family in nature, but they are designed with the residential renter in mind. They're not designed as the primary residence type resident in mind for the sales side. So that's really the main difference. The other main difference is that a build to rent asset is still a commercial asset. It's valued based off its cash flows and its NOI. A single family house that you see in a subdivision is valued based off of its assessed value of the homes and comps around it. So there's a, there's a bit of a hang up there and understanding what the asset class really is. Uh, and that's what we're looking to do is to build those in areas that are in need of housing, in need of single family housing with a product that is going to fit the community really, really well. Outstanding. And uh, very helpful to remind people that this is a commercial asset. So you're not constrained by those comps. You are able to sell these homes on the basis of the actual cash flow generated because you are keeping this as a commercial asset. Um, and I also like to point out that uh, I like the way you pointed out that this is not something new, but it is something that's been given uh, a lot of impetus from our current housing crisis. So people really yes. need a place to stay. And uh, you know that not everybody wants to be an apartment tenant. So tell us uh, what's so very special about this built to rent niche. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that that one thing that I try to look at it from is the perspective that like a, like a, like a great company does. You can't tell consumers that they have to buy something and then exactly what they will buy. And the same, there's nothing different about our business. You know, we're, we're in a renting, a renter's market. We're also in a need of housing. So instead of coming from the basis of you will rent and you will rent an apartment, we're providing value to the community that local municipalities want to see, but it also is an asset that provides residents the single family structure that they're looking for. Uh, they have a yard, they, ha they can have a garden, they can go outside and make memories with their kids. It gives them community and it gives them everything that they see in a traditional multifamily asset but without having a resident on the top, bottom, and all other sides of you at the same time. So it gives you that peace of mind, that privacy, but operates just like a typical multifamily will. Right. And at the same time, you get a lot of the amenities that you get from the multifamily. So I guess you could say it's really the best of both worlds. 
It is. It is. And then, and what, what I really like about it is that from, we're really making an impact on three different facets here. We make an impact on residents. We make an impact on investors and we make an impact on missions and communities. So for residents, again, we're in a renter's market. There's people that they don't really want to sign a 30 year or even a 15 year note where they're tied to a home. You know, you can't, you can, you can assume appreciation. You can't bank on appreciation. You can't bank on the fact that your housing value is going to go up. People also, we live in a, a more distributed world. People want the freedom to travel. They want the freedom to work from home, work from wherever they're at. They don't want to be tied to an asset for too long. So this, this asset class gives them the ability to live in their own home, private, quiet, but it also doesn't tie you down to a note for 15 to 30 years. Another thing is, is that our exit strategies are really, really cool. Um, a typical multifamily asset, barring some, some different you know, scenarios, you got to sell the entire thing once it's built. You're not going to sell it when there's a foundation in the ground or the, a street on the ground. That's it. With a build-to-rent asset, we can, we can sell it at three different phases or four if you want to count the, the refi into long-term perm debt. So the three phases typically that we see in a build-to-rent model are the acquisition, horizontal site development, and vertical development. And the cool thing about it is, is that we can exit at any point in there for a profit. Uh, so to make it simple, it's very much like building a house. You acquire the land, you get all the legal admin work done on the land when that includes entitlement, engineering, architecture, all the legal matter that that needs to take place to get the highest and best use to build. At that point, you've identified the highest and best use and you could sell that theoretically to an institution. You could sell it to another horizontal developer for a profit. So then you could go into the horizontal site development where you would put your roads, your curb and gutter, all your grades, your utilities in. Once you do that, you've increased the value of the asset again. At that point, if you would like to, you could theoretically sell that to a vertical developer, an institution, someone that would like to take it from that point on, not have to worry about land acquisition. They can just now build. Or you can go vertical, which is what we like to do, what we plan to do. Can build the homes, get them leased up in tranches. So we'll build 15 at a time, typically, get those leased up, then build the next 15, get them leased up. That is, that's getting us closer and closer to stabilization. After that, we again can theoretically sell it for an even greater profit to an institution or uh, a private investor looking to, to own a build to rent asset. So, or we can hold it. Uh, we can hold it for a few years, which is what we like to do. Cash flow that asset, really low CapEx, get into a nice perm, permanent debt or agency debt and hold it and make value for our residents, investors, and missions. So there's, that's one thing I love about, go ahead. Yeah, so those first three stages you went through, that's basically any development project, right? You've got your entitlements, uh, permitting, you've got uh, the horizontal development, and then you go vertical, you actually start to do your, uh, your ground up construction. But what I really like is that you mentioned that there's some other things that you really can't do, right? If you're just building to sell, boom, you, uh, you, you buy all, the, you know, you go through your three phases, and then you're going to sell it out. But the possibility to have uh, a partial exit, right? I mean, you can sell some, you can 
rent others. You can decide how long you want to hold on, uh, yep. how stabilized you want the community to be before you sell it, et cetera, yep. uh, or just hold as a cash flowing asset. I think yep. that's very exciting. It is. It is. I mean, so, you know, in a build to rent asset, you have multiple things that you can get into and you can get into the minutia of them, of how you want to set it up, but you can do, you can individually plot them. Um, again, that's going to have some different tax and zoning implications. So I would consult with your local municipality on that, but you can individually plot them. You can keep the entire development as one large plat and you would, you could sell that off to an institution or a private investor, but really the exit strategies are all profitable at each phase. That's the main point that I like to see. Typical multifamily, if you have 150 units and you got a garden style, you're going to have eight buildings or so uh, with 12 units a piece in them. You could sell one of those off or two of those off and you could still hold the rest of it, but it's really not, it's not as well seen. Yeah. It's not as well known because there's some headaches that are involved in that. In build to rent, we can get through the entire 100% of each phase and sell it off for a profit. And then the cool, another cool thing about build to rent that I like, and this is any development, it will cost you less to build than it will to acquire, but you're still going to build the same value asset. So for example, our Foley asset, a $32 million project that our raise on that is two and a half million. That's it. On a typical $32 million project in an acquisition, you will, you're going to pay $32 million and your raise on that is going to be at least 10 to 12 million on that. So our equity injection is smaller, but it grows to an exponential level to reach that value that we would have at a $32 million project. So it's- You're adding value throughout each stage. Correct, correct. I like to call it hockey stick returns because we gradually increase. And then when we start going vertical, we see that exponential increase up and to the right. So if you can envision a hockey stick laying on the ground, that's, the, that's what we like to see. And that's what Build to Rent provides. Love it. Yeah. Looking for that slap shot right into the net, Tony. Absolutely. Look, look forward to investing with you. Uh, I now, I know you spoke about this already. Uh, there's some caveats here. And you mentioned you're not building what you would normally see. These are not like luxury homes. These are no. rental units. Uh, yeah. and, and I think, you know, that was one of my hangups at first. I thought, well, look, why don't you just build apartments? Uh, you share walls and, and you have all these economies of scale. But, but again, you're, you're building things that are designed to be optimal rental units. Correct. Correct. So if you could imagine what a typical apartment unit looks like, um, you know, don't, don't get all the, the facets of like, oh, I would want an apartment unit to look like this, or I'd want it to look like that, you know, just, just take into your mind what it looks like. It's got a, a livable square footage. You know, we're not, you're not going to build, you know, one, one build to rent. You're not going to build a one, one house you know that makes no sense but you know two twos three twos four twos you you build them with the renter in mind you're not going to have too much storage you're not going to have no storage you're going to have really rental grade appliances you know stainless steel or whatever the market is dictating at that time whether it be granite or you know sh white shaker cabinets but we're gonna we're gonna take basically the build out of an apartment unit and we're gonna have a very similar structure with a roof and a yard around it that's what we're doing. Right. You know, we, you know, I see stuff all the time. I see articles about build outs of build to rent. You know, the, the higher affluencies are moving into higher end build to rents, just like in apartments. 
there's a higher higher end apartment complexes. Um, but we're seeing that you know co working spaces put into build to rent facilities. You're going to have resident fan friendly clubhouses with a pool with you know a working space a clubhouse that you know has TVs and coffee and computer access and business centers all that's the same there's property management on staff or on site there's you're going to have maintenance there just like everything in multifamily except we're providing value to residents from a safety aspect from a you know an experience aspect of being quiet, safe community, but giving them all the amenities that we see in a traditional multifamily asset. Yeah. So again, these are smaller things like maybe a thousand square feet. They're not too yard, too large. The yard may be smaller. Yes. And then you're getting the correct. typical apartment amenities. Like you mentioned, it could be a co-working space, could be, I didn't hear you mention a gym, but I'm sure that's got to be something yep. commonly yep. done. Yep. Uh, pools, uh, all the sorts of things you, you would expect. And then you can manage it like an apartment with uh, on-site management. So yeah, I think it really solves a lot of problems uh, very, very neatly. Well, uh, I, one of the things I know about you, Tony, is that you are always up on the latest building technology. So uh, what are your favorite uh, new building technologies? Uh, you know, I think of utility, like a, one thing that comes to me is utilities. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of green. You know, if I can provide you know, residents with a, a power savings, they're just gonna, they're just gonna love us more. So I yeah. don't know if that's really a building technology, it's more of a utility technology, but I love solar, just because it really can, it can help your residents save money. And if they save money, they'll stay longer. You know, it's just, that's just simple. Another cool thing that I've really been looking into is within the 3D printing space. Now, this is relatively new technology, but you know, I see that as being an option going forward. You know, it typically takes a stick build. How, how long to build one house? Maybe 90 days, right. 60 to 90 days. At least, yeah, it can take months depending on uh, labor in your area. Yeah, Absolutely. You can build, you can build a 3D printed home. Not 48 printed, hours, that's for sure. <laughs> no, you can build a 3D printed home in four days. So, you know, I see the value in that going forward. I don't know that we're, we're, we're making moves there and there are people that are having success in it. I don't know how far we are from that becoming scaled to a widespread deal, but it's, there's a lot of value there. And I just think that instead of looking at building technologies as a competition, I kind of look at it as a collaboration. Like what can we do that's going to be really, really collaborative that we can really pivot, but we add value to those that are in the current space right now by teaching them new technologies to equip them to continue success in their path. So anything green utility and anything new building material is what I really love. Yeah, great stuff. So then uh, maybe it'd be a good time to move into lending. Uh, this is a new space for many people. I know a lot of people that are interested in multifamily may be listening today uh, and, and maybe they're not as up on development. So uh, tell us about some of the lending options behind the scenes, just in the most general way. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that a lot of times you, in a typical build, the typical lender that you, we see is we see a lot of people go through a bank where you'll get a lot of your lending based on cost uh, injected into the project. But there are lenders out there that can lend on, on value creation. And, you know, I don't want to get too specific. I want you to make sure that you consult with your local lender to see if that is someone, something that is available to you. 
Uh, I'm also happy to take any calls and connections to, to maybe put you in touch with some people that I work with. But you know, there, there's options out there. And I think that you should always just keep exploring opportunities to make your project more efficient. You know, I think that build to rent offers so many, when you have a lot of exit strategies, you have a lot of value creation as well. You can't have one without the other. So if you've got, if you've got exits, that means that you would only exit for a value. You wouldn't exit for a loss. You wouldn't want to do that. So if you can create value and you see that value is created, then that means that there are lenders out there that will lend on value. So I think that that is something that, that we should be keen in on. Um, and that's what we try to utilize in the build to rent space uh, as much as we can. But obviously you also don't want to get into a position where you lose money either. So it's very, it's very tedious and you want to just make sure that you pick the best instrument for you. Yeah, excellent. And that second option you mentioned, uh, loaning on the basis of the value created, as you mentioned, it, it's going to cost less to, to build than it would to acquire. Absolutely. And so you're certainly getting a much better deal. Uh, essentially, you're getting uh, the, the benefit of, of a newly, um, in a certain sense, appraised value at each stage. Correct. Correct. Yep. And that is, that's something that we like. Um, and I had a, a friend of mine about a year ago tell me just something very simple that I already knew, but the way he put it was, was just something that I, I captured. I was able to comprehend it a little bit better. If you think about acquisitions right now, you can, you can acquire an asset at a four cap. You can build at an eight or nine cap. You know, in a time where we're always looking for, for higher cap rates because of the profitability, development makes a lot of sense because taking an asset that is raw dirt and turning it into a commercial asset, there's a lot of perceived risk, but that risk is mitigated by value creation through each phase. Yeah, awesome. And I want to say that this is just our first in this sub-series of CRE Power Hour. Uh, we're here to talk about Build to Rent today. And this was really just Build to Rent 101, Tony. I think you did an awesome job of walking us through the basics. And I would just uh, love to get back together with you in another week Absolutely. or so. Let's find a way we can go deeper. Maybe we'll pick uh, one of your projects or yeah. maybe something uh, more particular as a special topic. So Definitely want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And Tony, if people want to find out more about Build to Rent, or maybe if they'd like to invest in a future upcoming project, where should they reach out to you? You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always trying to add value to, to anyone and everyone on there. And then I will be putting more about our projects on there as well. And then I would just personally reach out and I can just have a conversation with you and talk with you and really just explain the investment process and the entire process of the build as well. Great stuff, Tony. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you, George. Always a pleasure.